All right. Well, like I said, just a couple of weeks ago, we started this series, Biblical Leadership. And it's something that we should really probably talk about all the time. Uh, the church should be filled with biblical leaders. We should be a, 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 a locus, and that means a center of leadership. We should be sending leaders out uh, into the homes, into the workplaces, into the schools, into the communities, and we should be doing that with a biblical foundation. Now, I want to start off with two main points, uh, two things that I have been saying week after week, and I'm probably going to keep saying it week after week until we exhaust this study. Number one, biblical leadership is always about glorifying God. That's the starting point. If I want to be a biblical leader, then I'm going to glorify God. That, that's not a negotiable thing. If I'm going to be a biblical leader, it's always going to be about God. It's going to be about His glory. We also learned last week when we looked at Enoch, biblical leadership is always about relationship with God. If you want to be a biblical leader, you must be in relationship with God. And I'm not talking about a knowledge of God. I'm not just trying to give you information that you can hold on to and say, oh, I'll be a better leader. No, if you want to be a better leader, then be in relationship with God. In genuine salvation relationship with God. He is your God. You are His child. In Genesis, and I shared this last week, but in Genesis chapter 4, we read three words over and over and over again. The Lord said. As a matter of fact, we see it in Abraham's life. I'm not going to be able to point you to every scripture, but time and time again, we'll see the Lord said to Abraham. God spoke to Abraham. We're going to see that. The Lord said. And so what we understand is that relationship with God, it always starts with God. He initiates the relationship that we have. His Spirit speaks to us. He communes with us. And we either respond or we don't. We reject. And so biblical leadership is always about relationship with God. When we looked at Enoch very specifically last week in Enoch chapter uh, in Genesis chapter 5, we learned that Enoch his leadership was about faithfulness to God. That's number 1. It said Enoch was faithful to God. We also learned that he listened to God and that he spoke for God. And so we looked at those passages and that's what made Enoch an incredible biblical leader. He was faithful to God. He listened to God. The Lord said, the Lord said, and Enoch was listening. And he wasn't just listening with his ears. He was listening with his heart. He was listening with the intent to obey, to do. And so Enoch was faithful to God. He listened to God and he, and he spoke for God. And so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at another biblical example, a demonstration of what biblical leadership looks like, and it's going to be with this man named Abraham. Now, before he became Abraham, he was Abram, and that's what I want you to see. God was with Abram. We learned that very early. Just as God was with Enoch, God was with Abram. And if you'll remember, I told you this in the first session, if you're breathing air, if you can hear my voice, you have the capacity to lead. You are created in God's image, and God has given you the capacity to lead. Now, does that mean you'll have a certain position or a certain title in front of your name? Not necessarily, but you can always perform acts of leadership. Whether you're behind closed doors or whether you're out front, you have the capacity to lead. Why? Because God is with you. 
If you're a child of God, God is with you. And God was with Abram. Just as, he, as we saw he was with Enoch in Genesis 5, we see that he is with Abram in Genesis chapter 12. Now what I want to do is I want to focus on this one passage, but we're going to look at some other passages too. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. This is titled in my Bible, The Call of Abram. And God is the one doing the calling. So let's look at it. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Right off the bat, in verse 1, the Lord had said, there it is, the Lord said, the Lord is speaking. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions he had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. So I've said it before, but I want to say it again. Biblical relationship is, a biblical leadership is always about relationship with God. If you want to be a biblical leader, You must be in relationship with God. What does that mean? That means God calls you. It means God calls to you. God speaks to you. The Lord said to you. And you listened. And you listened with the intent to move when He says move. To be still when He says be still. And so right off the bat, we see two important biblical leadership qualities or facts about Abram. Number one... Abram's leadership was about trusting God. So last week we said Enoch's leadership was about being faithful to God, listening to God, and speaking for God. Well, right off the bat, the first thing we recognize in Abram's life is that he trusted God. Not only that, Abram's leadership was about obeying God. It was about obeying God. In Genesis 12, verse 1, we see the words, The Lord had said... And then we see several times when the Lord was speaking, the Lord uses two words. He says, I will. Do you see that? God says, I will, I will, I will. Over and over again, he tells Abram, I will. But we also see two words that God says to Abram. He says, you will. Do you see that in Genesis 2? So God says, I will, time and time again, but then He says to Abram, you will. In other words, if you want to see this capacity expanded, if you want to experience me, then you have a part in this as well. 
And that part is trusting and obeying. Look at what he says. God says, I will bless you. And then he turns around and he says, you will be a blessing. So God says to Abraham, I'll bless you, but that blessing is not for you to put in a bottle and cap it off and hold it in your cell, right? No, I'm going to bless you so that you can be poured out and be a blessing. And and I love that. I, I think that's so awesome that when God blesses us, it's not just for us. It's for others. It's for the people that we come in contact with. God doesn't bless you just to bless you. He blesses you so that you will be a blessing. Why? So that you will glorify Him, the one who blesses. And so I love this. When God makes a promise, He keeps it. God made promises to Abram. And we know throughout Genesis, God keeps His promises. And we have to see that God also gives Abram the opportunity to participate. See, that's the other thing about biblical leadership. You either embrace it and participate, or you reject it. It doesn't mean you don't have the capacity, you just reject it. I I believe that. I believe there are so many people that are called to leadership, but they never step up. They always have an excuse. Well, uh, I'm this or I'm that. Well, I failed miserably here. Oh, I'm not qualified. None of us are qualified. But all of us are called. If we are a child of God, we are called to participate in what God is doing in kingdom ministry. And we see that in the life of Abram. Even in Genesis 15, 4 and 6. Now, again, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Listen to this. God giving us the opportunity to participate. God keeping promises to us. Listen to this, even in Genesis 15, 4 and 6, we see God continuing to remind Abram of his great promises and who he is going to be. Listen to what it says. It says, then the word of the Lord came to him. So God is still speaking, right? Relationship. The word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Ishmael. But a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And look at verse 6. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Wow. Abram's capacity to lead was given to him by God. But Abram had to make the most of that capacity. Abram had to make the most of that opportunity to lead. And if he would trust God and obey God, God would do it. How many times did God say, I will? God said, I will a whole lot more than he said, you will. Think about it. When you read that passage that I just read in Genesis chapter 12, go see how many times God said, I will, and how many times he said, you will. But he still said, you will. So you still have to embrace that capacity to lead that God gives you. Here's what I want to tell you about this, right? Abram trusted and Abram obeyed. I want to focus on that obedience for just a moment, okay? Because when you look at Genesis chapter 12 and you move all the way through Genesis chapter 25, we learn a whole lot about Abram's obedience. As a matter of fact, first of all, Abram's obedience was complete. He was completely obedient devoted to God. God was 
his God. And he obeyed him. It was complete obedience. Not only that, Abram's obedience was immediate. Right? He didn't have to, he didn't say, well, let me pray about that. Let me pray about that. How many times do we do that? Let me pray about that. And we're going, no, no, no. Abram's obedience was complete and it was immediate. Let me tell you how I know. If you go back and look at that passage in Genesis chapter 4, I mean Genesis chapter 12, what does verse 4 say? Very first words. Right after God said, go to a land that I will show you. In other words, a land you've never put your eyes on. What does verse 4 say? So Abraham went, right? Or so Abram went. He's not Abraham yet. It says, so Abram went as the Lord told him. Complete and immediate obedience. Not only that, we see it in Genesis 17 and we see it in Genesis 22. Uh, I put these passages on the screen, so let's look at it. Genesis chapter 17, and you know this passage very, very well. Verses 23 through 27. In verse 23 it says, On that very day God had commanded Abram to circumcise. Right? All the men had to be circumcised. Look at what it says on verse 23. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household or bought with his money every male in his household and circumcised them as God told him. Complete and immediate obedience. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised and his son Ishmael was 13. Verse 26 Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that very day. Is that not twice? That phrase has been repeated? On that very day? Do you think that's a coincidence? No, it's not. Abraham's obedience was complete and it was immediate. And it says, And every male, verse 27, Every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with him. Abraham did not hold back from God. This was complete obedience. We see the words on that very day repeated twice. And I believe it's because we want to see, God wants us to see immediate obedience, complete obedience. When you look at the book of Hebrews, I know you know this very well, but Abraham is one of the Old Testament men that is mentioned more often in the New Testament than any other man. Right? Abraham and Moses, those are the two that are mentioned more than any other Old Testament person. Abraham is mentioned in the New Testament many, many times. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, listen to what it says. It says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Hebrews 11, verse 17, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced, there it is, embraced the promises of God was about to sacrifice his one and only son. You know, many times when I mention the name Abraham, what's the first thing you think of? Father Abraham had many sons and many... Yeah, you think about the song and you start singing the song, right? You start thinking about some of those sons and one of the sons I think about is Isaac. When I mention Abraham, one of the first things I think about was that incredible moment when God tested him. And God said, take your son, your only son, 
that I've given you, Isaac, to a place that I will show you, to a mountain, and sacrifice him. Matter of fact, don't just take my word for it. Let's read God's word. Genesis 22, 3 through 12. And here's the key. Immediate and complete obedience. Immediate and complete obedience. Genesis 22, verses 3 through 12. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Relationship, right? Biblical leadership is always about what? Relationship. God speaks and we have the opportunity to listen and to respond with trust and obedience. So it says he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? He's going to sacrifice his one and only son, but he says we're going to worship. Mm. I'm not preaching that message tonight. Let's keep reading. (laughs) I want to. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Oh, man, what kind of faith is that? Anyway, verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, And the two of them went on together. Look at this, verse 9. When they reached the place God had told him about. Biblical leadership. God speaks. God speaks, God said. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. And look at this. Now I know that you fear God. Those three words are so important when it comes to biblical leadership. You Fear God, because you have not withheld, see, complete obedience, immediate obedience. You have not withheld from me your son, your only son. So so we've talked about this. Abraham's biblical leadership was about trusting God. It was about obeying God, and that that obeying, that obedience was complete. It was immediate. Now we see that Abraham's leadership was about fearing God. If you want to be a biblical leader in your home, in your workplace, in your school, in your community, in your church, three words, you fear God. Biblical leadership is about fearing God. Because Abraham feared God and because he chose to trust and obey God, What we do is we 
flip over to Genesis 23, verse 17, and we see a repeated blessing, right? God repeats a blessing to him. He says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. So do you see what happens? Biblical relationship, it's about glorifying God. It's about being in relationship with God. We have a part. Our part is faithfulness to God. We saw that in Enoch. Our part is listening to God. People say, well, I don't think God has really called me to be a leader. Well, are you reading your Bible? Because God's Word speaks. God speaks to you through His Word. Are you praying? Because God speaks to you through the Spirit, through prayer. And so, biblical leadership about glorifying God, about being in relationship with God, listening to God, speaking when God says speak. And as we see in Abraham, it's about trusting God. When God says, go to a place that I will show you, do you ask for the map first before you start moving? Or do you say, okay? Think about that. Wives, how many of you love it when your husband is lost and he won't stop and ask somebody for directions? We're kind of past that day now because we got all these GPS devices and built-in stuff in the cars. But I remember back in the day, I remember back in the day having to go to MapQuest on the internet and print out, you know, directions. And sometimes MapQuest was wrong. And Marty would say, why don't you stop and ask somebody? And I would say, go back to sleep. Right? We'll get there when we get there. We, we like to have maps, don't we? We like to have precise directions. We like to, to be able to see the spot. But sometimes God's going to say, hey, trust me. Just start walking north. Just start walking south and trust me. I'll show you where you're supposed to be. I'll show you who you're supposed to talk to. I'll show you what you're supposed to do. But so many times we want the map, right? We want to see the game plan. Well, sometimes God holds the game plan back. And says, if you'll just start walking, I'll give you the game plan as you, as you walk. That's what happened with Abraham. Was Abraham perfect, by the way? I want to ask you that question. Absolutely not. Abraham was not perfect. So I, I want to make sure anybody that we cover, and we're going to cover some people. We're even going to talk about Rahab, the prostitute. We're going to talk about Joshua. We're going to talk about some of the... Yes, ma'am. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, we could go into great detail about what I think Isaac felt when his daddy, yeah, when he bound him up. Just think about that. When he started tying him up. Can you imagine that conversation? No, that's, that's right. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to wonder, did he put a cloth or something in his mouth? I, I don't know. Like, and how could a daddy listen to that? So, yes, ma'am. Yes. That's what most theologians believe. Yeah. Absolutely. So there was a trust there. That's right. There was a trust. Because think about it. He asked the daddy, where's the lamb? And his daddy said, the Lord will provide. So there was already trust in that relationship. But can you imagine that conversation? Right? I, I mean, can you imagine? I'm sure Abraham told his son Isaac, hey, God made a promise to me and you're the fulfillment of that promise. You're the fulfillment of God's... And now he says, well, God told me to sacrifice you to him. Like, I, 
I, I get caught up in that conversation a lot, thinking about it, right? And, and so, again, the question is, were they perfect? No. We know this. No one is perfect except for Jesus Christ, okay? So when we start to talk about Abraham, in the Bible, it, it, I just read Hebrews chapter 11 to you, right? By faith, Abraham. It's called the faith chapter, right? It's, ca- it's kind of called, some people call it the hall of faith, where those names are just people that are like, wow. I wish I could be like him. I wish I could be like her. We got to be careful, okay? Because these were not perfect people. As a matter of fact, I, I've, been, I've been building Abraham up. Um, understand at one point, Abraham succumbed to fear. Not just one point, a couple of points. Do you know that twice he lied about his relationship with his wife? As a matter of fact, I read to you Genesis 12 verses 1 through 9. Where God said, and Abraham, here I am. Well, in verses 10 through 20, immediately after God says, I will, I will, and then you will, immediately after he says that, guess what Abraham does? He lies. (laughs) He lies about his wife. That's Genesis 12, verses 10 through 20. Then he does it again. In Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, he lies about who his wife is because he's afraid of what? a man might think or might do to them, right? So he struggled, don't get me wrong, he struggled in his relationship with God, but he always came back to doing what God said to do. Came back to doing what God said to do. There was a struggle of waiting on the promise, right? The promise of a child. Do you remember that? His wife said, baby, we're so old. And I haven't had a child, and I know God made this promise, but maybe you should just sleep with my maidservant. Maybe you should just have a child through Hagar. And guess what? They did. They did. It's kind of like Abraham was saying, uh, I'm going to help God out, right? I'm going to help God out. Well, again, he was not perfect. But what we see time and time again, even after those sins, what we see is that Abram, Abraham strive to please God. At the, at the end of the day, his goal was to please God. His goal was to be who God created him to be. He did fear God. I, I love um, every now and then when I, when I give Bibles out to deacons or you know grad recognition, stuff like that. Um, if, if it's a guy, um, there's a Bible. It's called the Everyman's Bible. As a matter of fact, I brought mine in here with me tonight. Uh, I love the Everyman Bible. And I just want to read to you what it says uh, about Genesis 15.6. In Genesis 15.6, it says, Abraham believed God, and God credited him with what? Righteousness. I want to read to you what the Everyman Bible says, the commentary. Here's what it says. It says, for us to continue growing spiritually, we need to trust God more And trust our works less. He will count us righteous because of our trust in Him, not because we try to be perfect. Wow. Abraham believed God, and that is why God credited him with righteousness. He didn't credit him with righteousness because Abraham tried to be perfect. He credited righteous to Abraham... Because Abraham believed God. 
he struggled to do exactly what it said all the time. He had a sin nature, but he wanted to please God. And over and over again in the Bible, what do we read about Abraham? By faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham. And so when you look at his life, and look, I've only, I've only hit bits and pieces. I haven't, I haven't done an in-depth study. We did that a, a couple of years ago when we walked through Genesis. But when you look at Abraham, it was a faith journey. It was a faith journey. Um, so I've got this app that I use when I'm running and uh, there's a lot of coaches, and those coaches try to help runners run right and run their best. One of the coaches that I was listening to um, earlier this week, I think it was Thursday morning or Thursday evening, whenever that was I was running, one of the, one of the coaches said, hey, listen, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to go too fast, right? You're going to stride too long. He said, but if you learn... If you learn from the mistake, then the mistake was good for you. It's when you don't learn that the mistake is bad for you. And I thought about that, right? You're going to make mistakes. But if you don't pay attention and learn from the mistakes, they're just going to keep happening and it's not going to help you. Abraham sinned. But in his sin, he always turned to who? God. And God showed him his sin and showed him how to move forward. And so I love what the Everyman Bible says, right? We need to trust God more and trust our works less. He will count us righteous because of our trust in Him, not because we're trying to be perfect. I love this. Abraham, and again, I got this on your handout, so make sure you got it. Abraham was credited righteous, right? Credited as righteous by God because he believed God. He believed God. Abraham didn't just know about God in his mind. Abraham embraced God with his heart. Did you remember that passage I read? It said Abraham embraced the promises of God, right? That means heart, not just head, heart. So Abraham believed God. He didn't just know about him. It wasn't just information. It was relationship. He embraced God in his heart. And so biblical leadership, I'm going to say it again. Biblical leadership is about glorifying God. Biblical leadership, it's about being in relationship with God. It's about faithfulness. It's about trusting. It's about obeying. And it's about obeying completely. And it's about obeying immediately. That's what biblical leadership is all about. And so if I want to glorify God, since that's the goal of leadership, if I want to glorify God with biblical leadership in my life, then I must walk by faith and not by sight. And by the way, that's, I can't take credit for that. I have to give all that credit to the Holy Spirit through Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews says, if you want to please God, there's only one way to do it. How? Faith. There's only one way to please God. It's faith. Hebrews chapter 11. And if you're going to walk by faith, you're not always going to be able to see it, right? You just have to believe. You're not always going to be able to see it. You just have to believe. But if you'll believe God, Guess what he deposits in your account? Righteousness. 
And that's not something you can have in and of yourself. That's not something you can have by your works. That's only something you can have by believing God. And that's what I get from Abraham. That's what I take from Abraham. He believed God. I want to be that, right? I want to be one who just believes God. Is it dark? So what? I believe God. He is light. Is it a challenge? Is persecution coming? Okay. I believe God. I believe what He says in His Word. I'm His child. I believe what Isaiah 43, 1 says. He who formed you, Jacob. He who created you, Israel. Right? I love it when it says, you are mine. When you walk through the waters, you won't drown. When you walk into the fire, you will not be set ablaze. You will not burn up. Why? Because you are mine. I just believe God. Does it mean life's going to be easy? Ask Abraham how easy his life was. All we did was talk about Isaac. There's a whole lot more about Abraham than Isaac. A whole lot more. Right? Abraham believed God. That's biblical leadership. Amen? Amen?